Blog Talk Radio. Romans 2 and 5. No. Righteous judgment of the Most High, who will yep. render unto every man according to his nope. deeds, to them who by patience, yep. continuing some well-doing things, nope. of glory and honor, and immorality, yep. eternal life. But unto them that are nope. contentious, and do not obey the yep. truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation, and wrath. Oh, Great you an African-American? Nope. You believe that's your heritage? Yep. Do you know who you are? Nope. King, queen? Yep. Nigga with back? Nope. Do you shine like a star? Yep. Think they gon' say it? Nope. We gon' expose them. Yep. Yeah. They gon' take your life? Nope. So many secrets in the vault? Yep. Do this knowledge cost? Nope. Hop in the book to mine? Yep. Do you follow these laws? Nope. Do they still exist? Yep. Have time to wait? Choose. 
choose from. You got to choose one. Who you gonna choose the most? I heard it's hard to choose. Two sides to choose from. You got to choose one. Who you gonna choose? Who you gonna choose? Got to choose. All right, all right, all right. You're gonna learn today. All right, all right, all right. You're gonna learn today. All right, all right, all right, all right. Shalom, 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 and good evening. I know it's a little bit different from from my regular podcast. Uh, I was not able to make the show this, uh, this this morning, but I definitely wanted to go ahead and get in tonight. You know, all praise to the Most High that we are, that we keep His work. Uh, uh, going in and everything. So shalom, 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 shalom. Um, and this is not. This is by no means to interfere with uh, tonight being Wednesday night. I know that the uh, the brothers from Houston started their class at at 7 p.m. tonight, and I know the brothers at the Sport of Truth started their class at 7:30. So this is by no means trying to interfere um, or compete by any means necessary with what any of the other teachings that are going on. It's just that in trying to just keep keep the consistency. And keep the class going. And really, brothers and sisters, on a little a selfish note, keep the Most High pleased with me. All right, that, that I, I'm in search, I'm in need of blessings from the Most High right now. So I want to make sure I'm doing those things that, that that please Him. So with that, again, welcome once again to another episode of uh, uh, Bible Talk. Now, as you know, we try and produce our shows every Monday through Thursday. We try to do it from 10 a.m. to about 12 noon, and then come back on. Uh, that's Monday through Thursday, and then come back on Friday nights. Uh, with Friday Bible breakdowns with Brother Bonavide starting at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. But sometimes the schedule does have to get adjusted. So, um, again, welcome, all right? Thank you, thank you, thank you. As you know, we are connected with, well, with schools across the country. Um, here in San Antonio, we have the Sport of Truth, um, which currently is located at 4444 Walsham, suite number 201, San Antonio, Texas, 78218, being the address here. Um, but that address is about to change. Right, that address is about to change as, as they, they've broken ground, about to break ground on a brand new building. All right, so for now, um, again, the, the school location is 4444 Walsham, suite number 201, San Antonio, Texas, 78218 being, being the address. Um, they do have classes, though, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 7.30 p.m. to 10.30 p.m., and they begin on Saturdays uh, with a Saturday class starting at 10 a.m. Um, whenever they, they, they have the classes going on, uh, the live classes, you can tune in to the YouTube channel, which is Sword of Truth San Antonio on YouTube. That's Sword of Truth uh, San Antonio, their YouTube channel. Again, that's Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays from 7.30 p.m. to 10.30 p.m. and Saturdays starting at 10 a.m. Then on for our school in Houston, um, SOW Houston, Texas, the Stream of Wisdom, located at 231 FMO 292 Stafford, Texas, 77477, meeting address there. Um, they have classes every Monday and Wednesday um, from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. On Fridays from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. And then also on Saturdays from 10 a.m. to about 2, 2 p.m., right? You catch the, the live YouTube channel every Wednesday night from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Um, and on Saturdays from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Again, that's SOW Houston, Texas, Streaming Wisdom, their YouTube channel. For our school in, in Virginia, the Norfolk, Virginia area, which is the SOW, Norfolk, Virginia, Stream of Wisdom, located at 2016 Granby Street, Norfolk, Virginia, 23517, the address there. They have classes every Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. 
and then again on Saturday, starting at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. All right, you catch their, their uh, catch them on Facebook Live every Tuesday and Thursday from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. And then their YouTube channel, SOW Female Wisdom, Nova Virginia, uh, live on YouTube every Friday night from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And again, also on Saturday, starting at 12 noon as well. For our school up there in Rochester, New York, if you're in the Rochester, New York area, it is the SOW, Rochester, New York, Stream of Wisdom, located at 1600 Lyle Avenue, Street number 1A, Rochester, New York, 14606, meaning address there. And they have classes every Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. and on Saturday starting at 10 a.m., all right? Um, the other YouTube sources that we have is the Hidden Truth Bible Show, the Israelite Media Corps, Five Minutes of Wisdom, and Hidden Books. So we ask everybody to please uh, subscribe, like, and share to all of our YouTube sources uh, to help get this information out um, and so we can grow, all right, and so that we might be able to grow. Um, everybody, hold on one second. One second. Uh, my apologies, my apologies, my apologies. All right, as I was saying, um, we have a high holiday coming up, all right? We have a high holiday coming up, which will be the feast of um, the day of Nicanor and Purim, right? The day of Nicanor uh, does begin February 21st, 2024 at sundown, uh, leading into Purim, which begins sundown, February 22nd, 2024, and ends Sundown, February 24th, 2024. So we do have Purim coming up, uh, the day of Nicanor, uh, Purim. And this year, it's looking like Passover. It's going to be March 23rd, 2024. Again, that's March 23rd, 2024, right? It's beginning at sundown. So just some important dates to keep on your calendar to be, be aware of that we do have some high holidays uh, coming up, all right? For my brothers and sisters and families up there in Albuquerque, um, we invite you to congregate with the brother Aisha White and the, 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 the families up there. Uh, reach out to brother Aish at area code 505-218-2218 to find the locations of where they be. Oh, excuse me. To find the location about where they be congregating, right, for, for the Sabbath, on, on Friday nights and also on Saturdays, right? And speaking of Saturdays, we invite you to please go on Facebook, all right, uh, to the Fountain of Wisdom. On Facebook, the Fountain of Wisdom. Uh, with the brother Mike Allah and Ashley Whitefly, where they do the tour readings every Saturday morning, starting at 10 a.m. Uh, Central Standard Time. It is the tour readings with the brother Mike Allah and the brother Ashley Whitefly. Uh, please check them out again. That's on Facebook at the Fountain of Wisdom every Saturday. Right? Every Saturday. Shout out to them. Um, and shout out to the 12 tribes worldwide. All right. Um, right. This part of the show, brother sisters. Um, I've been compiling a prayer list uh, of, of families and people who, who need a little extra prayer, who need a little extra help. And I just ask that as you might come back and check out the archives right, of, of our shows, which are located at not only is that www.blogtalkradio.com, when you pull the website up, 
Um, go to the search box, type in Mashaba, M-A-S-H-A-H-B-A, and you'll get all of our episodes going all the way back to February. Wow, we come up on the anniversary. February um, 2010, all right? February 2010, when we first started doing our blog talk, all the episodes are there for you to go and check out. And if you miss any part of our, any one of our shows, whether it's myself, Tazapa, uh, or Bonabad, or if you need to get, um, get some of the reference books or get some of the scriptures, um, please check out www.blogsalradio.com, uh, search box for Shabbat, M-A-S-H-A-H-B-A. All the episodes are there. All the episodes for all the years we've been doing it, they are there for, for you, for, you for, your, for your learning and, and edification, all right? But you can also go to Google Podcasts and look for ISBHBK Bible Talk under Google Podcasts. We're also under iHeartRadio Podcasts uh, under, under the same title, ISBHBK Bible Talk. And also Apple iTunes, right? You can you can find us there, and also on Podcast Addict, right? But mind you, on Google Podcast, on iHeartRadio um, Podcast, on Apple iTunes Podcast, and Podcast Addict, they only keep the 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 the, the most recent 300 shows, right? They only keep the most recent 300 shows. So every time we add a new show, one of the older shows uh, drops off, right? So if you I'm, I'm saying this that as a, for this prayer list. Uh, please get the names, get, get some of these names, get all the names if you can, and add them to your own personal prayer list um, uh, as, as well. All right, that's why this this was compiled, and I just kind of turned it into a prayer here on air. But um, please, in your own personal private time, um, it does say the prayer of much, the prayer the, the prayer of the righteous does avail much, and that if there's going to be any joy that Christ is going to provide, if there's going to be any consolation, um, if there's going to be any bowels of mercies um, from Christ, from the Savior, it says then it's necessary to have a mind like he has and to esteem others than yourself, that it's not always about you and what you're going through, that think about other people and put, and, and, and put them first, all right? So just a little, you know, a little thing out there. So uh, here we go, the most high in the name of Christ. Please listen to us now, right now. Please send your Holy Spirit of mercy and peace to watch over, to bless, to heal, to strengthen, to help, to protect, and to build up. And, Father, according to Numbers chapter 6, verse 24 through 26, you, you directed your prophet Moses to tell us, to ask that, Lord, you might bless and that you might keep, and that, Lord, you might make your face to shine upon and to be gracious, and that, the Lord, that you might lift up your countenance upon and give peace unto Naya, uh, the wife of uh, Yahweh here in San Antonio, uh, to the sister Labaya, also here in San Antonio, to uh, Miss Barbara's husband, Mr. Charles, again here in San Antonio, to the sister Bobby Dixon, the mother-in-law of our beloved brother Ariah here in San Antonio as well, to the daughter of uh, Brother David, uh, Sierra Leak, um, up there in Dallas, to our sister out there in Houston, um, Ibadiah, the wife, the wife of our brother uh, Lachama. Uh, to the brother Shaquakabar out there in uh, in Norfolk. Uh, to the family of Thalmor Makah and his wife Oradiah uh, here in San Antonio. To Miss Catherine Ma Dukes, the mother of our beloved brother Tazafah. To our friends Becky and Daryl and Carmen up there in Albuquerque. Uh, to the entire Lovett family. Uh, my, my in-laws, including Uncle Benny Lovett, um, to the entire Coates family, the, the family of our brother, Gabar Kowa, 
to our brother Tazakia and his family, to the brother Sawam Mayam out there in Houston and his family, uh, to the brother Sawam also here in San Antonio, West Beverly. Uh, Father, we ask for our sister Ayana, the wife of our brother uh, Awana Iyer, also here in San Antonio at the Sport of Truth. Father, we ask for the daughter of our beloved Tazafah and his wife Arakaya for their daughter Cece. We ask, Father, for the daughter of our brother Gabar Kawa, uh, his daughter Aisha Lee. And Father, we also ask, continue prayers for our, our brother Bonabad and his wife Kwadashaya, their daughter Aliyah. We ask, Father, for our brother Tazafah and his family, for the brother Kwadash here in San Antonio, for our brother and friend Yanawatha, who's on the road traveling right now. Uh, to the family of our brother, to our, the family of our brother Gabaya Al, out there in Florida, um, as well as his wife uh, Aisha, then uh, niece nephew Kianti and Rihanna, and to Gabar's mother-in-law, the mother of uh, Aisha, uh, Ruthie Mae Johnson, to our brother Sankodash and his family of uh, Mariah and Kazaki, also out there in Florida, to our brother LV. Um, who you, who, who um, is about to have uh, his eye surgery uh, come up. Prayers up for him, Father, and for his mother, Pat Washington. Uh, for, for our sister, Carter Shia, the, the wife of our brother, uh, Bonabad. Uh, for our friends, Sean Stark, Sylvia Khan, and for our brother, Shafar, up there in Albuquerque. For our brother, Yaman, in Lubbock, Texas. For our brother, Yasha Allah, up there in Gallup. And for the sister, Ainawa. And Father, you also said in number 76, verse 27, and they shall put my name upon the children of Israel, and I will bless them. So we ask all these things, Father, in the name of your son, uh, who the world calls Jesus Christ, but we call you Havashai. And we thank you always. The water from Yah, Amen. All right, brothers and sisters, now we, uh, that we've accomplished that part of the, of, of, of the class, all right, tonight I'll be joined by my youngest son, Idar. He's going to help me do some reading today. Um, which is definitely a pleasure on my behalf. All right, so let me pull my notes up. That's what I'm trying to get you here. All right, brothers and sisters. One thing that we, uh, that we was going over on Monday in this series that we're covering, we're covering this, the, the whole entire series is dealing with the true birth of Jesus Christ, all right? We're stemmed off the series of what it means to deny Christ, all right? This, this, this series that we're doing right now currently, the true birth of Christ, um, is a 20-part series that we're completing. Within this 20-part series, now, ride with me now. My name is Mashabu. It does mean to draw out. Ride with me for a second. In this 20-part series, this done with the birth of Christ. We had a sub-series that we did entitled uh, uh, The Idols of the Gentiles, The Beginning of Spiritual Fornication. That was a 20-part sub-series that went deep, and, and it, it led us, it was dealing with this concept of how many other civilizations, how many other pagans and heathens um, had the mythology of a powerful father, a spirit god, impregnating a woman and giving birth to a divine son. And we, we've covered that extensively, that those elements are deeply rooted in paganism, going all the way back to Nimrod, Ceramicus, and, and, and Tammuz, and can be seen throughout every mythology on the planet Earth that shares that same narrative, all right? Long before uh, Mary and Joseph had the infant, the Savior, Jesus Christ, 
right, that that mythology, um, those fables have long been around and was worshipped by many cultures under different names. We covered that, again, with, with the series entitled um, Isles of the Gentiles, uh, the beginning of spiritual fornication. We went heavy into that, dealing with the queens of heaven, uh, dealing with the, um, uh, the, the queen of heaven, dealing with the, um, uh, uh, the worship of Baal, Ostereth, um, Estarte, um, Easter, uh, Venus, Aphrodite, Hera, Diana. Um, the fornication that was going on uh, at the seven churches that Christ addressed in Revelations. Um, uh, the book, the New Testament, uh, what was going on at Corinth, the fornication at Corinth, the fornication at Ephesus, the fornication at Colossians, Colossi, the fornication at Galatia, the fornication at um, uh, Thessalonians. We covered that extensively, all right? And before all, before, so that was a sub-series within the series of the true birth of Christ. Before the true birth of Christ, we had the series, what it means to deny Christ. And before we did the series on what it means to deny Christ, we was dealing with the series of the saviors of Israel, right? Say, yes, saviors, plural, the saviors of Israel, um, covering extensively the book of Judges and how, that the Israelites have been in many captivities and that we've had many saviors. Yes, that's, yes, many, not just one, many, many saviors um, uh, have come to rescue and to save the Israelites out of captivity because of their sins, because of the Israelites' sins and iniquities. Um, and not following the ways of, of God. And I'm, a, I'm putting this fast together, brothers and sisters, and I'm, 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 I'm diverting this a little bit. There is a difference between the laws of God and the way of God, all right? There is definitely a, there's a difference, and I'm putting this fast together that we're going to really get into. It's probably going to be my, my next series. A lot of people are waking up to the knowledge that the Israelites and there's a and it's you know it's a joyful thing that they're starting to come back and put on and keep the commandments of God, which is good, which 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 is which is good, but there's a difference between just doing the commandments of God and the way God does things. You know, in a, in a lot of black families, um, you know, let me, let me not just say black families, in a lot of houses. There's a understanding that parents are expecting their children to carry on, that that's not the way we do things, that there's a way things are done in this house. There's a way that things are done that if you know that this is my rule and you know this is how I do things, then why didn't you put together how is it that you can't see why this would be right or why this would be wrong? That if you see how this is organized, you see how this is put together, and you, you see that, then why would you come back and think that doing things this way, doing things this way, why would that now be right when you see that this is how this is done and this is how this is done, doing things that way is wrong. So in that same mindset, a lot of people come into knowledge of the Israelites and we get real technical about the law, but just because you're keeping the law doesn't mean that you still understand the ways of God. All right, that the Pharisees and Sadducees were experts at God's law. 
But we can see when Christ came, Christ was really checking them about the way they were doing things. Not about them keeping the commandments. Not about them and, and the law, but the way they were doing things. That they're still, the way they did things, still weren't the way God does things. But that's the whole class I'm going to put together, a series we're going to put together. Probably do, uh, do that for uh, the next series I'm going to start. All right. So, but all those series that we've done and, and, and getting into, we're trying to get to the last of this series right here, all right? Believe it or not, I'm trying to get to the, the, the end of this series right here. So on Monday, um, we was going over what it means to be a spouse, all right? That from Luke chapter 1 and Matthew chapter 8, uh, uh, Luke chapter 1 and Matthew chapter, um, chapter 1, we were dealing with the word espoused, all right, and, and, and what that means. Um, and, and what it meant in biblical times, what it meant to the Israelites, to the Hebrews, um, what that actually meant. So we, we covered that on, on, Wednesday, on Monday. So I invite you to please go to the archives, uh, uh, pull it up, check it out. We did go over that, all right? So now moving forward, there's still some more things we want to unpack, all right? There's still some more things that we want to unpack um, and reveal, all right, that there's a lot in these scriptures that we can't just skim over the top of them and think we got some understanding. Uh, I'm asking my son to read Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 8 real quick. And you got to come closer because the mic is not good. All right, let's go to Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 8 first. All right, the book of Nehemiah chapter 8 and verse 8. All right, the book of Nehemiah chapter 8 and verse 8. All right. So again, um, thank you, for, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, and right now, I'm asking my son to read the book of Nehemiah, chapter eight and verse eight. Nehemiah chapter eight, verse eight. So they read in the book. So they read. So they read in the book and the law of God distinctly, and gave the sense and caused them to understand the reading. All right. So it tells you that when in reading the reading God's word, we have to read distinctly. All right, that we have to read distinctly, all right, that you can't just skim over it, and well, and which is what most people do. They skim over it and say, well, I'm supposed to read read so many words a day or read so many chapters. So I read it, and there, there was no distinction in what they was reading. Just just read, I mean, just blasted right through it uh, and not getting any understanding, not trying to get any any. Um, uh, reading comprehension going on, or or, or or what have you, just to be able to do the check mark, check mark, check box. I read, I'm done. You know, we want to make sure that when we read, we are reading distinctly, so that we can get the understanding. Right, so we can make sure we're getting God's understanding what's going on. Okay, so we're in Matthew uh, chapter one, verse nineteen. We we read that, and we were discussing how. Uh, it went from actually Matthew chapter one verse eighteen, where in verse eighteen Mary and Joseph were espoused, but then we get to verse nineteen, Joseph is her husband, and Mary is his wife. Okay, and we went over this. I'm not going back over this. We went over this on Monday. What I want to get to the point now is, and so we can move forward, is how how were Hebrew weddings done? All right. How is it that um, because the the confusion that people ride with is in Matthew chapter one verse eighteen when they say 
Uh-uh. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, it says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When as his mother Mary was a spouse to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy, uh, Holy Ghost. Now, a lot of people read this, and they, they don't read distinctly, so they think that it's talking about, one, Mary's a virgin, meaning she never had sex. We've been covered that. That in Hebrew words, in Hebrew culture, a virgin was not determined by a, a girl's sexual or a woman's sexual experience. A virgin was determined by a, a woman's age, that a young woman from infancy to adolescence could be called a virgin, whether she was married, had sex or not, she could still be considered a virgin, okay? Um, and this term here, we have before they came together. Now, a lot of people think this is talking about before they had sex, but that's not what this thing is talking about. What this thing is talking about is before they came together in the public ceremony, right? Before they came together in the public wedding ceremony. And this one, I'm going to ask my son. This one we're about to read right now, right? This one we're about to read right now. It's going to be a lot of reading. It is going to be a lot of reading. You need a, a light or something. You need it? You don't need it. Are you sure? Okay. It's going to be kind of difficult for you to read with the book like this, and still we still will be heard. All right. So, brothers and sisters, what we're doing right now is we're going to the Zondervan uh, Bible Dictionary. We're going to the Zondervan Bible Dictionary, and we're going to read the definition of wedding. All right? It's, it's, kind of, it's, not, it's not long, but it, it, it's got, got some words to it. We're going to read the definition of wedding, so we might get some understanding about why the Scripture tells us before they came together. That that statement, before they came together, and when we couple that with Luke chapter 1, uh, verse 26 as well, that it's, it was before, it was not talking about sex, but it was talking about the, the, the public, the, the ceremony, where it would be announced to the public, um, and there were certain um, things that had to be observed as far as even the espousals, that for Mary and Joseph to be espoused, Joseph had to have made a contract with Mary's father. To be espoused means that there was a formal contract that had been arranged between Joseph and between Mary's parents, all right? And then, but that was, and this is what we're about to read right now, that she was found with child of the Holy Spirit before they came together. Not before they had sex, but before the public ceremony. So the Zonderman Bible Dictionary, wedding. And I'm going to be uh, interjecting as, as my son's reading this. Marriage customs. Okay, where, uh, where are we at? Um, the, you, you mean the definition of? The, the definition of wedding. Marriage customs in the Bible center around the two events of Betrothal. Betrothal and wedding. All right. So I hope everybody heard that. When you're dealing with Bible times, dealing with Hebrew times, ancient Hebrew customs, all right, that the the wedding centered around two major events, the betrothal 
panda, is that what? And weddings. The wedding itself did not include from the top, please, huh? uh wedding. The de- definition of wedding. Marriage customs in the Bible center around the two events of be- betrothal and wedding. Right. Okay, thank you. So there was the betrothal and the wedding. That was the two major events. All right. And we're dealing with Bible times. We're dealing with things done in the Bible. All right. From the days of, of Moses and forward, dealing in Bible terms. But and, and uh, that there was two major things: the betrothal and the wedding. All right. Reading on, son. The wedding itself did not include a religious ceremony. Read that part again. The wedding itself did not include a religious ceremony. The wedding itself did not include a religious ceremony. That means, no, you didn't go stand in front of the justice of the peace. You didn't go stand in front of a judge. You didn't go stand in front of a reverend or a, a, a pastor. All right? And now he, for this person to say, by uh, – the power invested in me by the state of California or the state of Texas and such and such, and God, I never know you man and wife. That was never done. You can't find that anywhere in the Bible. There was no ring, engagement ring, or wedding ring that was ever exchanged. That was never done, all right? There was no wedding vows, and the damn sure wasn't no wedding cake. No understanding that the cakes with the candles, all that goes back to the worship of Astoreth and Starte, um, uh, the queens of heaven, uh, that the, the, the candles being lit, whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, a wedding, the candles being lit is supposed to represent uh, the, the full, the illumination of the full moon. And the reason you blow the candle out, because that's how, like, when the moon goes through its face in, in the sky, it goes from being lit, it goes to being dark. Right, so that's where all that comes from. So in Hebrew times, biblical times, that custom had nothing to do with God. All right, it had nothing to do with God. Reading on, so it says there was no religious ceremony. Reading on, although it's probable that the betrothal was ratified by an oath, and after the exile, written contracts were drawn up. And sealed. So it says after the exile, the after the Babylonian uh, captivity, when the Israelites returned back to Jerusalem, when we were kicked out the first, for, on a major level the first time, that after we came back from the Babylonian captivity, during the first of the captivity, that that's when we started writing writing contracts. All right, that's when we actually started writing down contracts as far as two people getting married or a contract between the groom. And the father of the bride. Okay? Reading on. On the day of the wedding, please listen up, everybody. This right here is important. On the day of the wedding, the bride dressed in white elaborately embroidered embroidered robes, bedecked herself with jewels, and put on a veil and a garland. 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 The bridegroom intended by friends and so the bride would be dressed in white. I guess you kind of get that part right. All right. Now the groom attended by friends. Go ahead. And accompanied by musicians and singers 
went to the bride's house. So the groom would go to the bride's house with his friends, with a company, and with musicians, right? a band. Read. And then after receiving her from her parents. And what? And after receiving her from her parents. After receiving her from her parents. Because she had now fulfilled the contract that had been established between him and the father of the bride. Reading on. With their blessing. With what? Their blessing. With their blessing. Go ahead. He conducted the whole party back to his own house. Then everybody went to his house. All right. So obviously he had, well, went back to his house. Reading on. On the way. On the way, other friends of the bride and groom joined the party, and there was music and dancing. A feast was held at the bridegroom's house. A feast was held at the bridegroom's house. And we read about that when uh, the first miracle that Christ performed in the Bible was turning water into wine at the wedding feast. All right? At the wedding feast. Not the wedding ceremony. At the wedding feast. Reading on. Later in the evening. Okay, now. Later in the evening, this works going to be good, brother and sister. Hope we're listening. Go ahead. Later in the evening, the bride's parents escorted her. The, are y'all hearing all this? Are you hearing? Are you catching some distinctly some of these details? First, the groom, accompanied by friends, accompanied by uh, uh, musicians, went to the bride's house where she was prepared, and then with the blessing of the mother and father. She would now go with the groom, and everybody would now go to his house. At his house, there'd be everybody there, and more people. It'd be a very public um, uh, event. Everybody knows about it. Then, later on in the evening, the bride, accompanied by her parents, read, Escorted her to the nuptial chamber. Nuptial. Nuptial chamber. Escorted her to the nuptial chamber. That, that the nuptial chamber, nuptial chamber is the bedroom. All right. It is the bedroom. Reading really up. We didn't read about no. Uh, she wore she wore blue. She wore some old something new. Uh, she wore uh, uh, whatever that the old superstition. Wedding garbage is none of that. No exchanging of the rings. None of that. Reading really on. While he was led there by his friends or the bride's parents, and he was led there by his friends and the bride's parents. Are you seeing how many people are involved? How many? One thing you can't take note of is how many people were involved and knew what was going on. All right. How many people? Were, were it, it was almost a public affair. It was almost a public event. Reading on. The next day, the, fe- the, the festivities were resumed and continued for one or two weeks. And how long would a wedding feast last? One or two weeks. Now, did everybody notice how the, the, the bride and the groom would be led there by, for, especially the bride, by her parents? And then the groom, if not led by his friends, he'd be led by her parents also. The reason this is important and of note, 
All right? The reason this is of note. Now, I'm asking you to read this right here. We're now going to reread the definition. Can you see it? We're going to reread the definition of marriage again from the Zondervan Compact Bible Dictionary. Zondervan Compact Bible Dictionary. Marriage is an intimate, intimate pers- person, personal mm-hmm. union to which a man or and woman consents. All right. So from the Zondervan Compact Bible Dictionary, marriage is an intimate personal union to which a man and woman consent. They both consent. That's that supposed to be rape anyway. They both consent. That was consummated. Consummated and continuously nourished by sexual intercourse. It is consummated and continuously nourished by sexual intercourse. We went over this on Monday, brothers and sisters. The word consummate. It is finalized. All right? This marriage is now finalized. Why is it finalized? Because like we just read for the definition of wedding, there was two major events in dealing with a wedding, the betrothal and the wedding. The, the contract between the groom and the bride's father, all right, that, had, that was the beginning. Now, this marriage between this man and this woman is going to be consummated or it's going to be finalized. It's going to be perfected with what? Sexual intercourse. All right? And it was known by everybody. It was known by her, her and her by her parents, by friends, by the whole then the whole community. Everybody knew what was going on. Then now this man is now taking this one. It was already known that this man was in espoused was betrothed to this, this, this woman, to this, this virgin, this young girl. That was already known. That was already understood. It wasn't a secret. It wasn't an, uh, a condition of they eloped. That, I don't care anybody said, I love you, so we're going to just run off together and go get married. Even though we're going to find out that's what Joseph and Mary did, that was not the common routine of how weddings and marriages took place. Now, why did the mother and father, why did they know, why was it important that they led the daughter to the nuptial chamber and also most uh, probably the son, the, the groom, to the nuptial chamber? I'm glad you asked that question. All right? Let's go to, if you can get this now, uh, I need to read the Bible. Let's go to Deuteronomy, chapter 22. Now, we need to hear God. God, we need to hear. Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 22. And we start verse 13, right? This was, this, this, these events were very important, and there was a reason why everybody knew what was going on. The, uh, again, especially between, with the contract that was established between the groom and the bride's father. All right, and that she was led to the nuptial chamber, and she was led to the nuptial chamber. It, that part wasn't going to see. Now, once they got inside the room, then, you know, they did what they did. They had sex. That wasn't obviously, that wasn't for, for, for the public. That wasn't for everybody to be looking at, the, you know, looking through the curtains like, oh, yeah. That, no, nothing like that. That was very private, right, and that's very sacred between those two. 
But there was a reason for this, why it was the parents of the bride had to lead her there. All right? Deuteronomy chapter 22, we're starting verse 13. Deuteronomy chapter 22, verse 13. If any man take a wife and go in unto her and hate her. So if any man take a wife and go in unto her, I mean what? He went ahead. Um, there was a, uh, an espousal. There was a betrothal. There was a contract that was established between the groom and the father. And then like we just read, that the, the, the traditional thing to do was that the groom would go to the bride's house. With the blessing of, of her parents, she was taken from the house back to his house. On the way back to his house, the whole community, people would come and gather together. It would be a very public affair, a very public announcement. All right? So, so now, if a man takes a wife and he goes in unto her, they have sex. They do everything, and now they have sex. And now he hates her. That it's just, they just ain't getting along. All right? Verse 14. And give occasions of speech against her, and bring up an evil name upon her, and say, I took this woman, and when I came to her, I found her not a maid. She, she had sex with somebody. She had sex before. That I was not I was not the first and only. She had sex before. She's a hoe. Right? So he brings up an a, a occasion of speech against her and bring an evil name upon her. She's a hoe. Right, she's about here sleeping around. She's a slut. She's a hoe. Okay? So now he says these things. All right? Verse 15. He makes his accusation. Verse 15. Then shall the father of the damsel and her mother take and bring forth the token, the tokens of the damsel, damsel's virginity unto the elders of the city in the gate. I hope y'all caught that as we're reading distinctly. The father, then shall the father of the damsel, and her, we're in Deuteronomy chapter 22, verse 15. Then shall the father of the damsel and her mother take and bring forth the tokens of the damsel's virginity unto the elders of the city in the gate. What are the tokens of the damsel's virginity when this man is accusing, accusing this, 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 this woman? Of, that she had sex before he got with her, the parents would be able to bring forth a token. They'd be able to bring forth the sheet that had been laid down that when that man had sex with this woman, when she bled from having her hymen broke, that that was proof. And then that sheet would collect, collect the blood then that sheet was given to the parents. It's like a receipt, a proof of purchase that when that this this woman was truly able that the father and mother did a good job and made sure this girl had not had sex with anybody until she got married. That was a very important responsibility of, of, of fathers to make sure that did not happen. So for the parents to bring forth the tokens of her virginity was proof that when this man slept with her, she had never had sex. All right? She had never had sex. Yet he's trying to, this man is accusing her of having sex with someone else before he got with her. 
But now the parents have proof. The parents have proof. Now, why would they have proof? Again, from the wedding. The groom came to the father's house, fulfilled the contract. Then with the parents' blessing, they all went back to the groom's house with a whole lot of people present, a whole lot of people seeing this. Then later on in that night, later on towards the evening, the bride was escorted to the nuptial chamber by who? Her parents. The groom was escorted to the nuptial chamber by who? Her parents. The next day, that sheep would be collected. The tokens of her virginity would be collected and given to the parents as proof. So that now, in case this ever came up, there's proof. Before, there's proof. Let me say it like that. Let's keep reading now. Verse 17. Verse 17. And, and lo, he hath given occasions of speech against her, saying, I found not thy daughter a maid, and yet these are the tokens of my daughter's virginity. And they shall spread the cloth before the elders of the city. And they shall spread the cloth before the elders of the city, which was shown that that was collected by the parents and given to them, and the blood would be on it as proof that this woman, when she laid down with this man, she had never had sex. Verse 18. And the elders of that city shall take that man and chastise him. Do you know what that means? The elders of, of, of that city shall take that man and chastise him. Let me look this up real quick. I can see there's going to be a part 21. I'm, I'm going to run out of time. But this, you know, my name is Nishab. I draw things out. This is rabbit holes. Deuteronomy chapter 22, verse 18. Um, all right, for the a, a favorite version, a faithful version, of Deuteronomy chapter 22, verse 18, it says, And the elders of that city shall take that man and punish him. So when it says he shall be chastised, meaning he's going to be punished. I mean, they're going to beat the hell out of him, but I'm just going to see if it gets, if, if, we, if, if that comes out this way. Um, let me see here. Um, punish, punish, chastise. Come on now. Uh, punish. Where's the beat the shit? I'm sorry. Beat the hell. Here it goes. Yep. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Oh, and the the common English version, the common English version. I my, my, that's Mark and Maya here in the background. That's my daughter, y'all. Okay, all right, my 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 baby. Uh, in the common English version, what does it say? Can you read that? The town leaders will beat the man with a whip. So for this individual, this nigga, kind of saying, well, we got, we're gonna we're gonna get it. This nigga kind of saying that. This girl was a hoe. When when I lay with her, she'd already been with somebody else. But yet the parents have the tokens of virginity. It says the elders of that city are going to take this man. The town leaders will what? Beat the man with a whip. Will what? Beat the man with a whip. Beat the hell out of this nigga. Beat him. With a whip, um, and the DRB, the the Dure Means Bible, all right, the Dure Means Study Bible, it says what? And the ancients of that city shall take the man, that man, and beat him, 
and the ancients of that city shall take that man and beat him and whip him and punish him and chastise him. All right? Um, let me see if it doesn't get any better. Um, oh, 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 oh. In the Good News Bible. The Good News. The Good News Bible. Then the town leaders are to take the husband and beat him. Again. They're going to take the husband and what? And beat him. Beat him. All right? Discipline. All right, cool. So, hopefully, as we're reading a little bit more distinctly, that for this person, this man, to now come up and raise an evil report against a young woman that he done had sex with now. And the parents can prove that when he did, when things were done right, DC and in order, that there was a, a contract was set up. Um, uh, the tokens of her virginity was there as proof that, yes, she had never laid with no other man before. All right? Cool. So they find out that this dude's lying. The elders... Did y'all catch the plural on that? It didn't say the elder. It said elders of that city. So take that man and chastise him, beat him, whip him. Verse 19. And they shall immerse him in hundred shekels of silver. They're going to beat him and take his money. Yeah. And give them unto the father of the damsel, because he has brought up an evil name upon a virgin of Israel. Because he did what? Brought up an evil name upon a virgin of Israel. Yeah. And she shall be his wife. And he, he may not put her away all his days. He may not put her away all his days. All right? Now, we went over this the other day. We went over the same. We read this the other day, uh, other day in one, another part of the series. But I just want to bring it again. Did y'all catch here in verse 19? Did y'all catch in verse 19 that even after this woman, this mate, had sex, she was still called a virgin of Israel? Again, just for the proof that virgin does not only mean someone who's never had sex. All right? Here, she had sex. The tokens of her virginity were there for proof. And she's still considered a virgin. Because according to the Bible, a virgin is not only just them, but a woman's sexual experience is her age. Regardless of her sexual experience, she can still be called a virgin. All right? But now check this out, y'all. This is this is important right now. Verse twenty. But if but if this thing be true, and the tokens of virginity be not found for the damsel, listen, y'all. But now, this thing is true. And the tokens of her virginity be not found for, for, this, for, this, for this girl? That the parents ain't got no proof. There's no proof. This was very important, y'all. That now there's no blood. There's no bloody sheet to prove that when she, laid, when she got with this man approved by her parents, 
And she had sex with this this this, this groom. She had never been with anybody else. But now it's to the point where this can't be proven that she had never laid with nobody else. Now it might be true. Listen to the consequence. Verse 21. Then they shall bring out the damsel to the door of her father's house. Now, mind you, if we just read that if the nigga was, was lying, what happened to him? The elders. Just to say, just say it. The elders beat him. That nigga got beat and got his money took, and he better take care of her good the rest of her life. That was the consequence for a man lying about a, 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 a woman that he slept with, that he married and slept with. Lying that she had never that she had been, had sex with somebody else before. Now here, if the the consequence for this girl, if the parents or it can't be proven, the tokens of her, her virginity cannot be proven. Again, start at first the top verse twenty one. Then they shall bring out the damsel to the door of her father's house, and the men of the of her city shall stone her with the st- with stones that she die. So the elders, plural, would whoop the dude for lying about this woman. Now, this woman, if the proofs of her virginity cannot be proven, the men of her city shall stone her with stones that she died. They're going to throw so many rocks at her until she dies. This is how important it is for, a, a, for the proof that when a young girl does finally marry her husband, she's never had sex before. This is very sacred. That's why women have a hymen. Girls have hymens. That's proof so that, no, don't, don't you have, just have sex with anybody. It is painful. It's supposed to be because when you go through this, that means you're only supposed to have one person ever that you ever had sex with. That's why you bleed when you lose your virginity. Men don't bleed when they lose their virginity. Girls do because that's sacred. That's pure. That's something that's supposed to be protected. And now, to, to the point where now, she done went and ran off. The tokens of her virginity are not there. The men of her city are to. Let me ask you a question. Did y'all catch where the men of the city are supposed to kill her? Start at the top of verse 21. Then they shall bring out the damsel to the door of her father's house. So she has come to the front door of her father's house. And what? And the men of her city shall stone her with stones that she died. Right there at her daddy's front door. Why? Because she has wrought folly in Israel to play the whore in her father's house. So shalt thou put evil away from among you. So that's evil. In the eyes of God, that's something that's evil. Okay? So now we'll put, let's, let's put all these things together. Let's put all, all this puzzle piece together now. We know 
that Joseph and Mary had been betrothed. We know that Joseph and Mary uh, were espoused. But before they came together, maybe before they came together in the public, in front of everybody, for it to be announced and for it to be known by everybody, now that these two are about to consummate, they're about to finalize the marriage, she was pregnant. They didn't go through all the proper steps. And he impregnated her. All right. Um, from Deuteronomy chapter 20, verse 15, this is the, uh, the John Deal commentary. From Deuteronomy chapter 20, verse 15, the John Deal commentary. Now, the scripture says, then shall the father and mother of the damsel take. So the scripture says this. Now, here's the commentary. Power from the court, according to the target of Jonathan, having, uh, having leave and license, granted them to do what follows. These were true and, and would concern themselves in such an affair, partly for the credit and reputation of their child and partly for their own honor, who were in danger, as Jirachi observes, of uh, coming into contempt for their ill education of her. That for a daughter to be out here just having sex with whoever, experimenting, that's supposed to be a mark that her parents ain't shit. That her education sucks. She wasn't taught nothing about the most high. That that was a mark in public court that your parents ain't shit. Who raised you? That was against the parents because this meant she had to die. And said, and bring forth the tokens of the damsel's virginity. The sheet she lay in when when she first bedded with her husband in her parents' possession, and kept by them as a witness of her purity, should there be any occasion for it, and which were to be brought. This, again, brothers and sisters, this is what this historian is, com- is, is doing his commentary on, on the importance and the, and, and the gravity of the total virginity. All right? And, and letting everything, all things being done decently and in order. Right? And it says, unto the elders of the city of the gate, um, we're set in the gate of the city uh, to try uh, causes. The target of Jonathan calls it in the gate of the Sanhedrin or court of uh, Judicature. And according to Maimonides, uh, this court was the court of 23 judges, for this was a capital crime accused of. A cause relating to life and death, which cannot be heard and tried in a lesser court. This was this this could involve the death penalty. This was very important. This was not this was nothing to play at. This was nothing to sneeze at. All right. So if we put all these things together, go back now to uh, Matthew chapter one. Go back now to Matthew chapter one. And verse 18. Now hopefully we have some understanding. Now it says, now the birth of Jesus Christ goes on this wise. When as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph before they came together in this public 
setting. She was found with child of the Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit. And we went over, we had a whole class on this. What does it mean to be moved by the Holy Spirit? God overpowered them to go ahead and have sex before the public announcement, before the public, uh, before the public festivities. God moved them to go ahead and do this. Now, we also have to get um, uh, verse 19. Then Joseph, her husband, I, I hope we're paying attention for where it went to Joseph, uh, Mary was the spouse to Joseph, to verse 19, Joseph is her husband. Why was now Joseph, in verse 19, why was he now her husband? They had had sex. And now Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, if she showed up to the wedding ceremony pregnant, that would have been a shame to her. Because now, would, would there have been tokens of virginity that her parents kept? No. Was it known by everybody as she was led to the nuptial chamber by her parents and everybody saw her parents lead her to the nuptial chamber? That wasn't done. Was it seen where Joseph was led to the nuptial chamber? That wasn't done. The next day, was the tokens of her virginity collected? That was not done. That would have caused a public shame. That now she's pregnant. So Joseph, being a just man, he 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 was about doing the right thing, and he wanted to make her a public example. That now they had sex before the wedding. That would have been an embarrassment. And was buying to put her away privately. That ain't talking about divorcing her. It's talking about he wanted to hide her. Verse 20. But while he thought of these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, now listen up. We're about to go into this. Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife. Why is the angel telling Joseph, her husband, to take Mary, his wife? Because they had sex. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. Now, a lot of people, because there's no studying of the Old Testament, there's no studying of the Bible, you'd be led to believe that, that she was now Miraculously, uh, mythologically, impregnated by a spirit, by the Holy Spirit. And that is not the case, brothers and sisters. Verse 21, and she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. Who are you going to save? His people from their sins. Now, did we notice how Joseph was called? the son of David. Did we cast that? Verse 22. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophets, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child. And the virgin is, and we looked this up, this is Isaiah chapter 7, 
This word is talking about a young woman. Behold, whether she was married or not, had sex or not. Behold, a virgin, meaning a young woman, shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. And yes, with Christ being here, even though, yes, his biological parents, Joseph Matt had sex, God's still with us. No different than when Moses, his parents had sex. And when Moses came with the words of God, who was with us? God. When any of the prophets came and spoke the words of God, who was not with us? God speaking through who? Those prophets. And how was any of God's prophets born? How did they get here? Earthly parents. Through sex. Verse, verse 24. Then Joseph, being raised from, from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him and took unto him his wife. Why is she his wife? They had sex. Verse 25. And knew her not until she had brought forth her firstborn son and called his name Jesus. And, this, and knew her not. He talked about didn't have sex. Or they already had sex. He's talking about didn't come together publicly in front of everybody. Until she had a firstborn son. There's still a ceremony. There's still a feast. And called his name Jesus. Now, let's go a little more into the son of David, uh, the seed of David. Let's go a little more into this, all right? Let's, get, let, let, let's dive into this a little bit. Let's get into this rabbit hole. Let's go to St. John, chapter 1, verse 45. All right, let's go to the book of John, chapter 1, verse 45. The book of John. Chapter 1 and verse 45. The book of John, chapter 1, verse 45. All right? That, matter of fact, before we get that, before we get that, let me see, let me see, hold up. Let me see something a little bit. Let me see something. Let me check out something. Um, Chronicle, Samuel, Lawrence, Genesis, Genesis, Exodus, 1 Kings, John. All right? You know what? I don't have it. I need to insert it. Let's go here. All right, let's go here. I'm going to pull this up myself, son. Give me one second. We're going to see if we get numbers. Chapter 1 and verse 18. All right. What's the book of Numbers, chapter 1, verse 18? Because this is going to give us a little more insight, shed a little more light on how things were done from God to the Israelites, all right? Which is so far, modern-day times gotten so far away from how God does things, it's, it's unimaginable, all right? So in Numbers, chapter 1, verse 18, it says, and they assembled all the congregation together, uh, talking about Moses and Aaron, assembled all the congregation uh, together on the first day of the second month. And they declared their pedigrees after their families by the house of their fathers, according to the numbers of the names from 20 years old and upward by their poles. So what does this mean? What does this mean? A person's lineage was determined by the father. 
all right? A person's lineage always been determined by the father, not by the mother, but by the father, all right? So look at the pedigree. I'm going to, I'm going to compare this. Let's see what these say. Um, pedigree, pedigree. The Bible makes it English. You got this one? And they got together all the people on the first day of the second month, and everyone made clear his family at his father's house by the number of the names from 20 years old and over. All right, cool. So here we're saying that you said your family of your father's house. What your father is is what your family is. Not from what the mother is. She's very important because she gave birth. But... Your lineage, who you are, always trace back to who your father was and who his father was and who his father was, all right? It always goes back. It was always traced through the lineage of the father, all right? Um, here we go. In the Brenton Study Bible, in the Brenton Study Bible, can you read this for me? And they assembled all the congregation on the first day of the month in the second year. And they regist registered them after their lineage, lineage, mm -hmm. after their families, after the number of, the, of their names, from 20 years old and upwards, every male according to their name, their number. All right, cool. So here we're saying that they were registered after their lineage, after their families, all the males, all right? So your lineage was determined by the males of your family, all right? Let me see here. Um, here we go. In the Beeran Study Bible, in the Beeran Study Bible, I kind of like how this is, how it says this, the Beeran Study Bible. On the first day of the second month, they assembled the whole congregation and recorded their end ancestry by clans and families, counting one by one the names of those 20 years of age and older. And again, dealing with going up to the male lineage, all right, but your ancestry was determined by who your father is. Let me see if I have any more here. The Darby Study Bible. The Darby Study Bible. Your Bible. And gathered the whole assembly together on the first of the second month, and they declared their pedigrees after their families and according to their father's houses by the number of the names from 20 years old and upward according to their polls. All right, cool. So just kind of trying to get this set some light that you determine your family, your lineage, to who your father is, all right? Um, uh, from the, the English Standard Version, it says, and on the first day of the second month, they assembled the whole congregation together who registered themselves by clans, by fathers' houses, according to the number of the names from 20 years old and upward, um, head by head. 
So I just want to get that again. That if we understand how how God had Moses arrange things, how do we arrange our our our, um, our tribes? How do we arrange our families? It was through the lineage of the Father, right? It was through the lineage of the Father. That's very important, y'all. That's very important. That it, that the, you always read again when you go through the list of, of names. Um, in Genesis chapter 5, from Adam all the way to Noah, you get the names of, of the fathers. Now you get the names of the fathers. We get to Genesis chapter 10, and we're going from uh, uh, Noah down to Abram. We get what? We get the list of the fathers. In Genesis chapter, chapter 11, we get what? The list of the fathers. Now, I'm sorry. Genesis chapter 10, we get the table of nations after the flood. And all the nations were established by the fathers. All right, your race, your nationality was determined by who your father is. Then we read in chapter 11 from Noah all the way down to Abraham, the list of the fathers. That that is how a person's lineage was determined by who their father was. That's why you read about beget, 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 beget. That this, this father beget this son. Now, does that mean that this father actually had sex and actually gave birth that the baby came out of his rod? No. That man had sex with a woman. You can laugh at school. That man had sex with a woman and put his seed in her, and she gave birth to his seed. So with that being said, without getting too graphic, I'm going to start with that last. All right. Um, this time is flying. All right, cool. We're going to try to fit this in, dog. We're going to try to fit this in. Cool. So from there, let's go to St. John, chapter 1, verse 45. Let's go to the book of St. John, chapter 1, verse 45. All right? St. John, chapter 1, verse 45. Now, please pay attention. Breathe. St. John, chapter 1, verse 45. Philip findeth Nathanael and saith unto him, We have found him, and whom Moses in the law, in the law and the prophets did write Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. I hope everybody's sharing this out. Now, this is John who wrote this. John was the beloved disciple of Christ. Now, you read about that through the scriptures. He was the beloved. He's the one who um, actually would lay his head on Christ's shoulder. He's the one that when Christ was crucified, that he told um, this disciple, he told John to take care of Christ's mother. And he told Christ's mother, Mary, to take care of John. All right? When Tosafai did the, the series, the class, on uh, those who were killed for Christ, the martyrs of Christ, of all the apostles, the only one who died of old age was John, right? St. John, the one who gave us the book of John, the gospel of John, the one who gave us First John, Second John, Third John, the one who also gave us the book of Revelations, the same John, all right? That he lived with be well over 100, that this guy was special. So now John is, is writing this down for us. And I'm trying to stress this point that are you listen to what the beloved of Christ, the one that had that type of relationship with Christ. Listen to what he says. Philip find Nathaniel and say that to him. We have found him of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write. Jesus of Nazareth the son of Joseph. Why did he say the son of Mary? 
Why didn't why wasn't it stressed? Since it's dealing with Moses and the law and the prophets. If it was such a miraculous thing, it's such a, 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 a again a miraculous thing, a supernatural thing, that Mary was impregnated by the Holy Ghost. Like so many other pagan societies have in their mythologies. Why would it said we have found him of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write? Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Why did he make sure Jesus was identified as being the one that Moses wrote about, the one the prophets wrote about, and that he's the son of Joseph? If it was all about a virgin who's never had sex, had a baby, why did he leave with that? Why wouldn't that the proof that Jesus of Nazareth is that guy? Remember what we read right here in Isaiah chapter 7? It says that a virgin is going to give birth to a son. Hey, here it is. Here it is. We found a woman who's never had sex and got impregnated. Why wasn't that the proof of from from Philip to Nathaniel of how they found Christ? Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And understanding that the lineage of a person always came through the father's line. If the Holy Spirit had got Mary pregnant, Jesus wouldn't have a line. He wouldn't have a people. All right? From there, let's go to Matthew, chapter 13, verse 55. Let's go to the book of Matthew, chapter 13, verse 55. All right? Let's go to the book of Matthew, chapter 13, verse 55. The book of Matthew, chapter 13, verse 55. Matthew, chapter 13, verse 55. Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary? And his brethren, James and Jose and Simon and Judas. So here in Matthew chapter 13, when Christ started teaching, when Christ started teaching, the people of his city, well, who, who was this? And what was the question they asked? Is not this the carpenter's son? Is the first thing they said was what? Is not this the carpenter's son? Now think about that, brothers and sisters. If it was all about Mary being a girl who never had sex, a woman who never had sex, and she was impregnated by the Holy Spirit, wouldn't that be something everybody should know? That the proof that the Savior Emmanuel is here? Why in the city of Nazareth where Christ grew up at, he was known as the carpenter's son. Yeah, his mother was called Mary. Did y'all notice they didn't call her the Virgin Mary? And y'all notice that it says, and his brethren, James and Jose or Joseph and Simon and Judas, we know them. If it was about Mary never having sex, and didn't have sex when she was impregnated with Christ, why is he being recognized as the carpenter's son? Why is he being recognized as the son of Joseph? 
like the pedigrees, the ancestry, the lineage was established in Numbers chapter 1, verse 18. Because that's how it was done. All right? In Acts chapter 2. In Acts chapter 2, verses 29 through 30. In Acts chapter 2, verses 29 through 30. All right? Let's see if Peter as giving proof that Christ is the Messiah, is going to mention he was conceived by the Holy Spirit. That his mother didn't have sex and she just got pregnant. Let's see if that's what he's going to lead with, mention, or bring out. Let's see. When we ask chapter 2, verse 29 and 30. Acts chapter 2, verse 29. Men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his sepulcher is with us unto this day. Therefore, being a prophet, and knowing that God has had sworn with an oath to him, that of the fruit of his loins, loins. loins according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. I hope y'all are listening. I hope you're reading along. Forget listening. I hope you're reading along. This is Peter addressing the assembly. This, this is um, right after the, the um, uh, uh, Pentecost. One of the one of the three holy days that all Israelites were commanded to come together. Um, and now I pray for the Lord empty-handed, the day of Pentecost, that you find in Leviticus chapter 23, a very high holy day of the Israelites in the law of God. So this is, uh, and remember, this is after the Passover and after Christ resurrected and after Christ already um, um, went back up to, went to glory, and now this is the Pentecost, 50 days after Passover. So now Peter's addressing, the, 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 addressing everybody. As as all the people are wondering, like, how come we can hear the apostles who are from Galilee? We know they're from Galilee, but we can hear them speaking in our own native tongue where we grew up at. That was a miracle. That was that was miraculous. Now Peter's addressing everybody, and what does he say? Many brethren, let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David, and we all are familiar with David. This is talking about King David. All right, that he is both dead and buried, and his sepulcher, meaning his grave, is with us unto this day. So when Peter was talking, he said, and we can go right over there to David's sepulcher. I can imagine it must have been elaborate. It must have been something beautiful, and it must have been something monumentous. All right, probably looking like a museum. I guess, I, would, I would guess that this was the burial place of King David. All right, check this out now, verse thirty. Uh, I think I'm getting a text. Hold on, y'all. I'm getting a text. I guess I can't see what's going on. Hold on a second. Um...
Alright, alright. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm seeing you, you sent, um, did you ever send the word, uh, sperm and seed? Brother, thank you. I'm, I'm gonna get to this. I'm, I'm gonna get to this. Alright, okay, you know what? Thank you, thank you, uh, you know, let me, let me read this. The brother, you know, just text me and let me know. It says that the word sperm is derived from the Greek word uh, sperma, meaning seed, all right? The word sperm is derived from the Greek word sperma, which means seed, all right? And you can also find this in Wikipedia about sperm, okay? Sperm is a reproductive cell or geminate in... Something forms of sexual reproduction. Animals produce uh, sperm. Animals, it says the male gemeti uh, or sperm and the female gemeti, the egg or ovum, uh, meet in the male in the female's reproductive system. Okay, thank you for this. So look up sperm in Wikipedia. All right. It tells you that the male gemeti, meaning like the the the, the uh, uh, DNA of the males, being, being the sperm, and the, the female the DNA of the female being the egg. That the female uh, the male sperm and the female egg uh, meet together uh, in the ovum, but in a female's reproductive system. So if that's un, if it's understood <laughs> that the sperm the seed has to meet in the female's reproductive system when the sperm gets to the egg that the woman releases every month. The man's sperm has to get there in order for a baby to be created or a baby if it's twins or triplets or what have you, all right? If we understand how science works, sperm has to get to the egg. The egg is, is, is the food. The sperm is alive. The sperm is th- that male or that female, that male baby, that female baby. It has to get to the egg, all right, that's inside the woman. So so it can't be through the lineage of a woman. So what, what the Buddy Yanathan is, is, is sharing with us, and I, thank you, brother, thank you. What the Buddy Yanathan is sharing with us is that a person's lineage, if, if it takes sperm, they have to get to a, the egg. And that, that's when a woman gets pregnant. A woman has releases eggs every month. Once she starts her puberty, a woman releases an egg every month. It's called her monthly cycle. It's called her menstruation. She has a menstrual cycle every month. If sperm doesn't get to her egg, there's no baby. The sperm from the male has to get to the egg. That's what – so knowing that the eggs are, are – are released every single month with no pregnancy. It would take the sperm of the male to get to the egg for there to be a pregnancy. Knowing that the male sperm has to get there, that's why we understand that a person's lineage or a person's race is from what their father is, that the lineage is traced to the father. So this is what the Brother Yanathan is sharing with us. Um, 
Thank you. I got that scripture. I'll, I'll be pulling it up. All right, I will be pulling it up. So coming back now to Acts chapter 2, verse 29 and 30. Thank you, Watts. The water, the water. Coming back to Acts chapter 2, verse 29 through 30. Men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David. So who is he talking about? David. What, what gender is David? A male. That he is, he, he, since we're in the pronoun world, that he is both dead and buried. And his sepulcher is with us unto this day. Therefore, being a, a, a prophet and knowing that God has sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. So Christ, and what Christ means anointed, is going to come from what? The fruit of David's loins. According to what? The flesh. All right? To sit on the throne of David. It's going to have to come through David's lineage. There's no way around that. It's going to come through David's flesh. Through David's ancestry. There's no way around that. Right? Let's go to Acts chapter 13. I'm running out of time. Let's go to Acts chapter 13, verses 22 and 23. You got it? Acts chapter 13, verses 22 and 23. Acts chapter 13, verses 22 and 23. Acts chapter 13, verse 22. And when he had removed him, he raised up unto, the, unto them David to be their king. So this is now Paul addressing, I believe it's Agrippa, right? the, um, the, the emperor Agrippa at this time. So now he's saying what? Now I might be wrong, but I think it is about the, uh, who's actually speaking. But I don't want to get caught up in who's speaking, but let's get the message. And when he had removed him, meaning when, when God removed Saul, who was the first king of the Israelites, God removed Saul. And raised up unto them David to be their king. Go ahead. To whom also he gave testimony. He gave testimony and said, "I have found David the son of Jesse." But David is who? The son of Jesse. David the son of Jesse meaning what? Jesse. Uh, David. Is, sorry. Jesse is David's dad. Jesse had sex with David's mom. That's how David got here. Go ahead. A man after my mine own heart. And David is a man after God's own heart. Read. Which shall fulfill all my will. Read. Of this man's seed hath God according to his promise raised unto Israel a savior, Jesus. Of this man's what? Seed. What man? David. Of David's what? Seed. David's sperm. David's lineage. From the fruit. Again, from Acts chapter 5, verse 29 and 30, from the fruit of David's according to the flesh. Now, brothers, I'm just going to, you know, I'm throwing it out here again. Why uh, is Peter, now this, this is Paul in Acts chapter 13. It's another church of the a certain prophet teaches this, as Barnabas the Simon, who was called Niger. This is at the church of Antioch where the disciples were first called Christians first in Antioch. All right? And so, and what we're reading here, why are they not lending to the argument that Jesus Christ of Nazareth is the Messiah? Why are they not announcing that he was born from a woman who never had sex? Why are they not announcing that 
Mary was miraculously impregnated. That would be all the proof they need. Why was that not used in, in, in the, the, the proof of the argument or the debate? Of any people understand who Jesus Christ is? It was never a, a thing with the early disciples, the early apostles, uh, up, up until 451 CE at the Council of Chalcedon that they finally passed into Roman church doctrine Mary being a virgin who never had sex. Even though that pagan mythology had been around from the days of Nimrod for some 5,000, 3,000 years. No, that's yeah, two, uh, 2,000 years of this man's seed, of the fruit of his loins. From there, we're going to read uh, from Webster's 1828 Dictionary, the definition of seed. We're going to read definition number four, all right? From Webster's 1828 Dictionary, we're going to read the definition of seed, definition number four. Progeny. 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 Meaning children. Progeny. Go ahead. Offspring. Offspring. Read. Children. What is seed? Children. Go ahead. Descendants. Descendants. So we're dealing with seed. And we already have the definition that, that, that we just got from our brother, you know what I'm See, uh, sperm comes from a Greek word, a Greek word that means seed. All right? Here we have seed from Webster's. means a progeny, an offspring. It means children. It means the descendants. Go ahead. As the seed of Abraham, the seed of David. So the seed of Abraham. We're dealing with the seed of Abraham. We're dealing with what? The progeny, the offspring, the children, the descendants of Abraham. We're dealing with the seed of David. We're dealing with what? The progeny, the children, the descendants of David. I'm hitting these things up, brothers and sisters, because... The Bible does not contradict itself. People's understanding of the Bible can just contradict themselves. The Bible does not contradict itself. There's no way that the promise that was made to Abraham, the promise that was made to David, can be fulfilled if the a Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, got Mary pregnant. That would cancel out David and the promise God made to David. The oath that God swore to David. All right. Uh, let me see here. Starting here. You have to read it in this small. Where are we going? Let's check it. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 6, it says what here? Matthew chapter 1, verse 6. And Jesse begat David the king, and David the king begat Solomon of her that had been the wife of Uriah. 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 All right, so here we're dealing with begats, all right? We're dealing with the word begat. We're dealing with the seed. That means, that's what we're dealing with the word also begat. Let me see if, if good old Noah's got this word begat up in here. Ooh. Ooh. Uh-oh. Let me Come on now. Begat is not in the Webster's. 
All right, let's go back here. Let's check this out. Begat, begat, begat. All right, so in the Bible of Major English, it says the son of Jesse was David the king, uh, and the son of David was Solomon. So it just says the son, begat, that they came out of these men. All right, so we, we went to Matthew 1 and 6. What else did we do? Missing is Romans 1 and 3. That's a good one. Let's get that. Now we're going to the book of Romans, chapter 1, verse 3, that we can read where David, oh, I'm going to do this. I got this. And you get the next one. You get Romans 1, 1 and 3. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 6, it says, and Jesse begat David, the king, was what we just read about in Acts chapter 5, verse 29, and Acts chapter 13, verse 23. So here we have Matthew chapter 1, verse 6, and Jesse begat David, the king. And David the king begat Solomon of hers that had been the wife of Uriah. Verse 7, and Solomon begat Robah. So Solomon had sex with Robah's mother, and we have Robah. Solomon put his seed, his sperm, and Robah's mom. Robah got here. And Robah begat Abiah. Robah had sex with Abiah's mom. Abiah's here. Abiah begat. What you got? Uh, beget number one to proceed or pro procreate yeah pro to procreate as a father or sire to generate as to begat a son so to procreate to procreate having sex so Jesse had David David had Solomon Solomon had uh, Robam Robam and Abiah Abiah had um, Asa, Asa begat uh, Josephat, Josephat begat Joram, Joram begat uh, Uriah or Oziah, Oziah begat Jotham, Jotham begat uh, Achaz, Achaz begat uh, Ezekiel, Ezekiel begat Manasseh, Manasseh begat uh, Ammon, Ammon begat Josiah, Josiah begat Jeconias and his brethren. Uh, about the time that they were carried away uh, to Babylon, and they were brought to Babylon. Jeconiah begat uh, Selethiel, and Selethiel begat Zerubbabel, and Zerubbabel begat uh, Abiud, and Abiud begat Eliakim, and Eliakim begat uh, Azor, Azor begat Sadak, and Sadak begat uh, Achan, Achan begat Elihu, Elihu begat Elazar, Elazar begat uh, Mathan, Mathan begat Jacob, Jacob begat Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who was called the Christ. Verse 17. Matthew chapter 1, verse 17. So all the generations from Abraham to David are 14 generations. And from David unto the king away into Babylon are 14 generations. And from the king away into Babylon until Christ are 14 generations. If the Holy Spirit got Mary pregnant, why would Matt, why would they go through all the all this of showing the lineage from Abraham all the way to to um, David and then from David all the way to Christ? Why would they go through all this? Because they understood that's how it was done. That yes, in order for Christ to be a son of David, that means his father had to be a son of David. That means he was the son of David, coming from his seed.
there's also um, some produce food we get to cause the risk. Yeah. All right. Um, give us some text from the brother. Uh, 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 you who's also being along with my son, Idar. Uh, begat, begotten, uh, meaning procreated, begat, um, to procreate as a father or a sire to generate, uh, to beget a son. And what's the one you just read, son? To produce as an effect, to cause to exist, to generate as luxury begets vice. Right, so to cause to exist. All right, to cause to exist. How do all these fathers cause their sons to exist? They had sex with their mothers. That's what I got here. So how did Christ get here? Joseph had sex with his mother. All right. Going, coming back to the list here. We're in Romans 3, right? Romans 1 and 3. Romans chapter 1 and verse 3. Romans chapter 1, verse 3. Concerning his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh. What was Christ made from? The seed of David according to the flesh. Christ was made from the seed of David according to the flesh. What else do we have? Acts 2 We just read that. What else? Uh, Acts 13 22. We just read that. Let's get that. Second Timothy chapter two verse eight. We're gonna go quick. Second Timothy, if you got it, get it, read it. Second Timothy two verse eight. Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel. This is Timothy. This is Paul. Reminding Timothy, remember that Jesus Christ of the what seed of David. Did you notice that they're not talking about? Christ from the Virgin Mary. It, I, I hope that doesn't go by slip by anybody, you know, peripheral. Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel. What else you got? Wisdom of Solomon chapter seven verse one through six. We got to get this. That's a good one. Wisdom of Solomon chapter what? Chapter seven verse one through six. All right. Wisdom of Solomon, chapter 7, uh-huh. verses 1 through 6. Wisdom of Solomon, chapter 7, verses 1. I myself also am a mortal man, like to all. This is Solomon who wrote this. I myself also am a mortal man, like unto what? All, okay? And the offspring of him that was first made of the earth. Talk about Adam. Go ahead. And he's the offspring of who? Adam. How did he get? How did he get from Adam to Solomon? Through sex. Go ahead. Through the seed of Adam. Go ahead. And in my mother's womb was fashioned to be flesh in the time of ten months, being compacted in blood of the seed of man and the pressure pleasure that came with sleep. And how did Solomon get here? He was in. He was in the mother, his mother's womb for ten months. Being compacted in blood of what? The seed of man. From what? The pleasure came with sleep. Sex. Verse 3. And when I was born, I drew in the common air and fell upon the earth, which is of like nature. And the first voice which I uttered was crying, as all others, others do. As all others do, including Jesus. Go ahead. 
I was nursed in swaddling clothes and and that with cares. For there is no king that had any other beginning of birth. There is no king that had any other beginning of birth, including the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ. Read. For all men have one entrance into life, and the like going out. All men, all men, all men have one entrance into life. Their father had saved with their mother, and the mother was impregnated, and then they was in the womb for however much it was, and they were born. There is no, no other difference. There is no other way. And that's everybody on the planet Earth is born that way. Ain't none of this, this mythic, mythological. They took the, the seed of a woman. She was pregnant. This is what mythology will show you. A, a man gets a, a woman pregnant. Some witch shows up, takes the pregnant fetus out of the woman, puts it inside of a cow, and then they kill the cow and they pull the, 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 this baby out the cow or out of a pig or out of whatever. That, that is some witchcraft TV movie madness. That's not how things work. That's mythology. All right? Let's talk about what do we have. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 9. The book of Hebrews chapter 2 verse 9. You got it? Hebrews chapter 2 verse 9. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for, for the suffering of death. We see Jesus was what? Was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death. He was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death. That's why he had to come and be born like all men are. He had to come in and go through what he had to go through. His father had sex with his mother. That's how he got here. Because you know why he had to do it that way? Because it would be too easy to say, well, nobody's perfect. That that Jesus could do it because he is the son of God. The Holy Spirit got his mom pregnant. So he didn't have to suffer or go through the things that, that I had to go through. That would give everybody the perfect excuse to keep sinning. That's why Christ came the way he came, his father and mother having sex. But remember, I started this series, brothers and sisters. I started this series going over that if you're not studying, stumbling block. The most I set up Christ to be a stumbling block to cause people to stumble and to fall and not get it and not understand. We went over this, remember, in Daniel chapter 12, the wicked shall not understand. So, what else do we have? Um, all right, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 16. We've got to get that. Go ahead. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 16. For, for verily, he took not on him the nature of angels. Now, remember saying he was made a little lower than the angels? Yeah, remember we, we just read that, right? He was made a little bit lower than the angels, and I'm coming up on our, our, our 90-second mark. He was made a little bit lower than the angels, but he took not on him the nature of angels. Read. But he took on him the seed of Abraham. He took on him what? The seed of Abraham. The seed of Abraham, the sperm of Abraham, the lineage being a descendant, being an offspring of Abraham. Go ahead. Wherefore, in all things, it behoved him. It behoved him. He had to what? To be made like unto his brethren. Christ had to be made like his brethren. 
Which one of us was miraculously impreg- uh, got here? Which one of us had a mother who had never had sex before, and all of a sudden she got pregnant, and boom, you're here? Since none of us went through that, it behooved Christ to be made the same way we're made so he can cover us. Finish it. That he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make re- re- reconciliation reconciliation for the sins of the people. If he didn't wouldn't go through the, everything that – if Christ didn't go through everything we go through, there ought to be the excuse, well, he's – Jesus. Ain't nobody perfect. He was born by the Holy Spirit. Come on, brother. To use that line of thinking, then why does it say be born again? Why did Christ say that in St. John chapter 3? Why did he say that that was born of spirit to spirit and that was born of, of, of man or flesh to flesh? He made a distinction, right? Anything else? Um, verse 18, and then there's Galatians 4, chapter 4, verse 4 through 7. Let's get it real quick. Galatians. Galatians chapter 4, verse 4 through 7. But when the fullness of the times was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman made under the law. To redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the, the adoption of his son, of sons. Made of a woman made under the law. What's the law of how a woman get pregnant? A man puts his sperm, puts his seed in the woman. It, the, the seed, the sperm hits her egg. She's impregnated. That's the law of pregnancy. That's the law of how all men get here, unless you're dealing with mythology. Unless you're dealing with some type of uh, pagan worship and witchcraft. All right. Um, I'm gonna read. Oh, I'm gonna read this real quick. I'm gonna read. I'm gonna read this real quick. Ben, finish eating. Thank you, son. I'm gonna finish reading this. Second uh, Samuel chapter seven verse eleven to fourteen. All right. Second Samuel chapter seven verse eleven to fourteen. I just want to establish real quick. God's coming with David. God's covenant. God's contract. God's word with David that can never be broken. And Second Samuel chapter seven verse eleven to fourteen it reads. And as since the time. That I command the judges to be over my people Israel, and have caused thee to rest from all thy enemies. Also the Lord telleth thee that he will make thee an house. And when thy days be fulfilled, and thou shalt sleep with thy fathers, I will set up thy seed after thee, which shall proceed out of thy bowels. And I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. That's proof right there. We know that Solomon did build the house. He built the, the, the first the first temple. We know Solomon did that. But was Solomon's kingdom established forever? So who could this be talking about? Who is going to be of David's seed that's going to come out of David's bowels? That's going to build a house that's going to uh, last forever? That's Christ. Verse 14. I will be his father, and he shall be my son. If he commit iniquity, I will chasten him with the rod of men and with the stripes of the children of men. Are y'all listening to the covenant that was made with David? If you listen to the covenant that was made with David, 
He said, if he commit iniquity, I will chasten him with the rod of men. Did that ever happen to Solomon? Was Solomon ever beaten by the, with the rod of men? No. But who was? What seed of David was beaten by the rod of men? Jesus Christ. First Chronicles chapter 17, verse 10 through 15. First Chronicles chapter 17, verse 10 through 15. And since the time that I commanded judges to be over my people Israel, moreover, I will subdue all thine enemies. Furthermore, I tell thee that the Lord will build thee an house, and it shall, be, it shall come to pass, when thy days be expired, that thou must go to be with thy fathers, that I will raise up thy seed after thee, which shall be of thy sons. Thy seed shall be of thy sons, and I will establish his kingdom. Verse 12. He shall build me a house, and I will establish his throne forever. Solomon's throne was not established forever, being one of the being of the seed and son of David, of the fruit of the loins of the bowels of David. Verse 13. I will be his father, and he shall be my son, and I will not take my mercy away from him. As I took it away from him that was before thee, told my Saul, verse 14. But I will settle him in mine house and in my kingdom forever, and his throne shall be established forevermore. According to all these words and according to the, all this vision, so did Nathan speak to David. All right? From the freedictionary.com, the definition of loins. The fruit of one's loins. Uh, redirected from the fruit of one's loins, the fruit of one's loins, one's child or children, one's immediate or future descendants. So, so from the freedictionary.com, in looking up the fruit of the loins, it says one's child or children, one's immediate or future descendants. So in God made a promise, an oath to David from the fruit of his loins, from his bowels, that of his flesh, that a king was going to be established forever. They only be Christ. When we read Genesis chapter thirty-five, verse eleven, the book of Genesis chapter thirty-five, verse eleven, there's a similar. Oath made to Abraham. Genesis chapter 35, verse 11. And God said unto him, I am God Almighty. Be fruitful and multiply. A nation and a company of nations shall be of thee, and kings shall come out of thy loins. So what was the promise that was made to Abraham? That from his loins, of his sperm, of his seed, kings would come out of him. His DNA would be with them. The Holy Spirit impregnated Mary. David's DNA cannot be there. The fruit of his loins couldn't be there. In Genesis chapter 46, verse 26, Genesis chapter 46, verse 26, it says, All the souls that came with Jacob uh, into Egypt, which came out of his loins, besides Jacob's son's wives, all the souls were threescore and six. Did y'all hear this? Again, this is Genesis chapter 46, verse 26. All the souls that came with Jacob into Egypt, which came out of his loins, 
besides Jacob's son's wives. All the souls were threescore and six that came out of his loins. Did y'all catch that? In Exodus chapter 1 verse 5, Exodus chapter 1 verse 5, it says, All the souls that came out of the loins of Jacob were 70 souls, for Joseph was in Egypt already. How many souls came out of the loins of Jacob? Seventy. How many descendants in, in uh, Jacob going down into Egypt came with him? Seventy. From the fruit of his loins. His children, his descendants, lineage. So if, if Abraham had uh, kings that would be from his loins, all the souls that came into Egypt with Jacob were, were 70 from his loins. So for it to be promised to David that from the fruit of his loins, that there's going to be a king that's going to sit on his throne forever from David's loins, how can we get that Joseph, being a son of David, being from the lineage and, and, and a descendant of David, how can he not be... I'm, how could Jesus not meet that criteria? Or is there going to be another birth? First Kings. Chapter 8, verse 19. And David up again. First Kings, chapter 8, verse 19. Nevertheless, thou shalt not build the house, but thy son that shall come out of thy loins, he shall build the house unto my name. Y'all catch about the loins again. Now we about to we about to wind this up. Believe it or not, brothers, we about to wind this up. Right? We about to wind this up. Let's go to Saint John chapter seven, verses forty to forty-two. Saint John chapter seven, verses forty to forty-two. Check it out, y'all. Do y'all know that there was a division among the people, among the Jews, specifically at Nazareth? Check this out. Saint John chapter seven, verse forty to forty-two. Many of the people, therefore, when they heard the saying, said, of a truth, this is the prophet, verse 41. Others said, this is the Christ. But some said, shall Christ come out of Galilee, verse 42. Has not the scripture said that Christ cometh of the seed of David and out of the town of Bethlehem where David was? If Mary was impregnated by the Holy Spirit, then how could Christ, according to the scripture, be the seed of David? And y'all hear the argument? That's being given as proof that Jesus, the son of Joseph, the carpenter's son, is the Christ. Because he was of the, that Christ cometh of the seed of David. Hope you're catching that. Hope you're catching what I'm putting down. Hope you're picking up what I'm putting down. All right? Now, let's go to St. John chapter 7, verse 2 through 9. St. John chapter 7, verses 2 through 9. And what we're dealing with here, brothers and sisters, is the unbelieving brothers of Jesus counsel him to exhibit himself in Judea. And he rejects the advice. 
the reason I had to get this, if Mary was a virgin when the Holy Spirit got her pregnant, according to modern Christianity, according to modern definitions of Christianity, how is it that Christ's own family didn't believe in him, that he was a Christ? Their mother is right there. The virgin Mary is right there. Joseph, his dad, is there. Why would it be unbelief that Jesus is the Christ, that Jesus is the Messiah, that, yes, Jesus came from a virgin birth. She never was touched by man and became miraculously impregnated. Then why would his own brothers not believe him? Not believe in him. St. John, chapter 7, verse 2 through 9. Now the Jews' feast of tabernacles was at hand. His brethren, therefore, said unto him, Depart hence, and go into Judea, that thy disciples also may see the works that thou doest. For there is no man that doeth anything in secret, and he himself seeketh not to be known openly. If thou do these things, show thyself to the world. Check on verse 5. Please read along with me verse 5. We are in St. John, chapter 7, verse 5. It says, For neither did his brethren believe in him. Neither did his brethren believe in him? Why would they not believe in him if Mary was a virgin? And a virgin only meant a woman who never had sex. That Mary was magically, I mean, miraculously impregnated. What further proof would they need? But his own brethren didn't believe in him. Verse 6, then Jesus said unto them, my time has not yet come, but your time is is always ready. The world cannot hate you, but me it hateth, because I testify of it that the works thereof are evil. Go ye up unto this feast. I go not up yet unto this feast, for my time is not yet full come. When he had said these words unto him, he abode still in Galilee. If the whole thing was about Mary was miraculously impregnated by the Holy Spirit, how his own, his own brothers didn't believe in him? Because the notion that Mary was miraculously impregnated without the seed or the sperm of Joseph, that's mythological, that's mythical, mythological malarkey. Brothers and sisters, believe it or not. There's a song, there was a song from a TV show back in the 80s. It was called um, The Greatest American Hero. 
And the lyrics went, believe it or not, I'm walking on air. I never thought I'd feel so free. The reason that lyric, song lyric just came to my mind, brothers and sisters, we have now come to the conclusion of this series and the sub-series and the sub-sub-sub-series <laughs> about the true birth of Christ. This is going to conclude this. This 20-part series that had other branches and other sub-series. We completed it. So with that, I want to say thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Thank you, Brother Yanathan, for, for the assistance, for the alley-oops uh, with the definitions. It was much appreciated. Um, please tune in tomorrow. Uh, for our brother, Pastor Pop, for uh, uh, FYI, for your information, uh, which will be to tomorrow. I'm not sure it's going to be in the morning. It was going to be in, in, the, in the evening. Uh, he'll, he'll definitely let me know. And I will be definitely sending out the notices to let everybody know also. So with that, brothers and sisters, shalom, 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 shalom.